0: Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 627. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, I'm going to prove to you that the housing market in general is way overvalued. In fact, it's so overvalued It's in a bigger bubble than it was in the 2008 crisis. Now, I'm not telling you this to scare you. And I'm not saying that we're going to have a popping of the bubble just yet. Because I've already talked about that and why we're not going to have a popping of the bubble right now, mainly because interest rates are trending lower, which keeps the bubble in place and actually even helps to expand the bubble a little bit. But why I want to talk to you about this is because people say there was no evidence of the housing bubble back in 2008, that there was no way to tell that housing was overvalued, that there was no way to know that a big crisis was ahead of us. And I think that's all bunk. This chart I'm going to share with you today from Mish Talks is a graphic representation of the housing market. And I'll get to that in just a minute. But first I wanna say there are particular metrics that you can look at with real estate to determine if it's undervalued or if it's overvalued. And for people to say you can't tell or there is no evidence is just not accurate. So I'm going to show you today how you can tell that the housing market is in fact overvalued. Now, I also wanna say it's very difficult to talk about the housing market as one market because every city and every state has different circumstances. States like California, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, these states have experienced major outflows, people moving out to cheaper areas and to areas that are more tax favorable. The states that don't have state income tax have been major beneficiaries of people moving in. States like Washington State, my home state, that have experienced incredible real estate markets, possibly because of no state income tax, but also because they have a very strong high-tech community moving in there, which means a lot of new jobs that are very high-paying. And therefore, many of those people moving in can afford to buy homes. The problem is it's not as affordable as it used to be. And that is, in fact, the metric that we need to look at, is affordability. Looking at the affordability of wages and rents, is a key factor in determining whether or not real estate is overvalued. So when we look at it as one market, which again, I understand it's not, but let's just look at it as one market for this example, because that's what this graphic is showing. We can see that housing prices really started to take off in about 2001, where... Housing prices got higher than was affordable for rents or wages. So, in other words, people started to not make enough money to be able to afford a home. And it grew worse and worse. The bubble got bigger and bigger into 2007, 8, 9. We started to have the crisis and a recession. As interest rates started to go up, popped that bubble, and prices started to come down. This chart shows that housing prices did continue down and reached parity with wages and rent again in 2012. And they make the statement on this chart that the last chance to buy a home at a good price was in January of 2012. That's because, again, you had wages and rent get more in line with home prices. After 2012, home prices started to rise above wages and rent again to a bigger bubble than we saw before. Again, affordability is an issue, and interest rates declining makes homes more affordable. It gives you more that you can qualify for, so it allows housing prices to go up, and as long as interest rates are going down, it's going to prop the housing bubble up. But at some point... Interest rates need to get back to normal, and I don't think that will be this year. It might not be next year either, because that is an election year, and these four-year election cycles tend to move where everything in the economy stays very favorable during the fourth year of a presidential election cycle. In fact, the third year that we're in right now is usually the best-performing year in the stock market during that four-year presidential election cycle. And the fourth year, next year, 2020, would be the second best performing year, typically, historically, in that four-year presidential election cycle. So my best estimate of when we're going to see trouble in the housing market doesn't happen until 2021, which is usually when the economy has issues, is during that first year of a president's term into the second year of the president's term before everything gets turned around into the third and fourth year again humming along great before another election. That's just the way it has typically gone. But the point of this podcast is to say there's no reason to rush out and buy a home right now. And if you can avoid doing that and save your money for a down payment, wait for a couple years, I think you're probably going to be happy that you did that because the affordability is a metric that you can measure and you can look at and say it is not sustainable. Bubbles can often go on longer than people anticipate. And that happened with the technology bubble in the late 90s into the first quarter of 2000, people thought all along the way it was going to pop. It popped later than people thought, but pop it did. And then the stock market went down for two years and finally bottomed in 2002 with a 70% decline in those technology stocks. Will housing decline that much? I really don't know how much housing will decline, but I will say that If you don't need to be jumping into a very inflated housing market, one that is very unaffordable, I would suggest that you wait, save your money for a down payment, and look for possibly better prices to purchase at. Now, there are some states that are still great bargains and make sense. In other words, the metrics pencil out for them. Their rents do pay for their mortgage payment. Their prices are not out of order. And so in those situations, you're probably not in an extreme market. But if you're in the kind of market where affordability is an issue and where prices have gotten way above average wages and rents, where rents cannot cover the monthly cost of owning a home, you're in negative cash flow in those situations. That's an indication that the housing market is overvalued. So, again, I'm not saying that anything is going to happen now. If you haven't listened to my podcast about why the housing bubble popping has been delayed, go and listen to that one. It will explain more in depth why interest rates are so important and how that's propping the housing market up. But I want your eyes to be open that there are ways to look at these things. There are ways to be aware of them. And don't assume that just because the housing market has gone up in the past, that it's always going to continue to go up or heaven forbid that you can, quote, never lose money in real estate, end quote, (laughs) because that certainly is not true. So the purpose of this podcast is just to get you understanding the metrics behind the housing market, how to understand when prices are above affordability and what that means. I will put this chart in the show notes so you can take a look. I suggest you look at it, discuss it with your spouse, significant other, partner, or consider it yourself and... Think long and hard before purchasing in a market that is extremely unaffordable at the present time. There may come a time when that market becomes a lot more affordable. If you haven't yet subscribed to Be Wealthy and Smart, hit the subscribe button and you'll be updated as soon as new podcasts are available. And if you're wanting to get your investment account growing, get your money working harder for you, understand how to invest in your 401k and outside of your 401k, Fill out the short questionnaire in the show notes and I'll set up a mutually convenient time for us to talk. And I'll share with you all the details about what we do in my inner investing circle, the Be Wealthy and Smart VIP experience. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show.